It's a Sexy Time special as we take a look at two extremely sexual stories. You're like, oh no, Jason, what do you have in store for us today? Well, first off, scientists have finally created a male birth control pill that you can take an hour before sex and you won't have kids. Is this the pill we've all been waiting for, or will it create an army of soulless goons? (laughs) Probably the first one, probably the first one, but who knows? Soulless goons may be on the horizon. And then we travel to El Salvador to take a look at a young man who was out walking one night when all of a sudden he was abducted by aliens. On board their ship, he learned how these aliens reproduce, and the answer is horrifying. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garvener. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys had a ton of fun over the weekend. We got a bunch of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone, get on your feet and give it up for Dave. Woohoo! Yeah! Come on in, buddy! Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Dave, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the show financially, or if your name's not Dave, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so, so much. Dave, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Drive us all the way out to a scientific laboratory. As we're pulling up to this scientific research center, we see throngs of men outside going, Yay! Woo! Science! Yeah! Yeah! And fireworks are going off. People are overturning science cars. But for fun. They're not doing it because they hate science. Men around the world have been given a W on this one. A male birth control pill has now been invented. Ladies and gentlemen, we... (laughs) Gentlemen, gentlemen particularly, we have now crossed the Rubicon. We now have a male birth control pill. Something we've wanted for ages because condoms are terrible. Condoms are awful. Now, I understand why we have condoms. I'm fully well aware of that. But from the age where they used to cut out sheep intestine to use as a condom. I mean, it's easy nowadays. You go to the grocery store and you buy like a 12-pack. But imagine before, when you went to have sex with someone, first you had to find a sheep. And then you'd kill it. I wonder if they had actually pre-packaged condoms in like Leonardo da Vinci's time. Because I don't imagine... <laughs> they're like, they're like, oh, on bothered. They're like, hey, hold on, honey. I'm gonna go out to this nearby farm because I don't think it was fresh sheep intestine. I'm pretty sure it was dried out. They're like, oh, it's lubricated. <laughs> this is fresh. I'm pretty sure they probably sold because they do, did used to make condoms out of sheep intestines, right? I remember reading that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> no, Jason, that's not right. Where'd you get your facts from? Mad Magazine? No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that they did. And I'm sure they probably sold packs. I'm sure that you could go down to like an old-timey market. There's like a vendor selling apples and a vendor selling straw, like hay and stuff like that. 
And then there's there's the good old fashioned condom vendor. He's like, get your cheap intestine here, dry it out for her pleasure. And you're like walking, you're like, I'll take 12 of those, good sir. I don't think they had like a sheep in the back that they were like, like, you know how you when you buy rope from a hardware store, they just keep wheeling it out and they tell they say, tell us when to stop. I'm sure the sheep were already dead, long dead. And they probably weren't killed just for that. So they probably were like making mutton. And then someone goes, dude, what are we going to do with all these intestines? And someone goes, I know. As he looks at his sea of 12 children, he goes, hmm, maybe we can use the sheep intestine to keep child number 13 from showing up. I understand. And also, you know, the thing is, is with condoms, they're good to prevent sexually transmitted diseases. But the main reason, I think, most guys wear a condom is to not get a girl pregnant. Like, nobody wants super gonorrhea. But most of us will take our chances with that. But the idea of having a kid with someone you just pick up on a Friday night or whatever, terrifying. Terrifying. But condoms are awful. <laughs> condoms are equally awful to having a kid that you have to take care of for 18 years. So... I think the idea, for me at least, for a male pill, a male birth control pill, has always been like, it's always been that <laughs> the noblest of all scientific pursuits, can we invent a male contraceptive that is not totally lame? Now, I can take a pill. Well, the pill's not official yet. Well, anyways, the National Institutes of Health, they've recently discovered that this compound will work and the way they tested it was they gave it to mice and then they made some unpaid interns sit there and just watch mice have sex constantly <laughs> he's like oh man i wish i became a botanist this is disgusting all these mice are constantly imagine if that was your job your parents are so proud of you that you became a scientist and they're all what are you studying you're like don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask at all, please. They bring you, your mom brings you a nice big cup of milk. You're all throwing up. You don't want to be anywhere near it. They put on a Mickey Mouse cartoon. You're like, ah. Imagine that your day job is to watch mice bang. And then you take notes as how often they're having babies. So some unpaid intern had to watch these mice have sex all day long. And then it turns out that when they gave... These mice, this birth control pill, I, I'm sure they gave them an injection. I don't think they're actually trying to shove a big old pill down their mouth. The mice would take this compound and it would slow down their sperm. So when they banged the lady mouse, the sperm's like too lazy and stuff. They're just like sitting there and they don't make their way up the uterus of that mouse. And the scientists are like, good job, Jerry. Good job, good job. Sorry we gave you that lifelong fetish. Sorry we've broken your soul. But good job watching all those mice have sex because now we know that this particular compound works. And they're expecting to start using it in people. They'll, they'll do a human trial, obviously. But they said it's actually more efficient than women's birth control because women's birth control, you have to take like 20, 25 days out of the month and then you get... Five tasty pieces of sugar as a treat. But you but you got to take it all month. This one you can take up to an hour before sex. Swallow that pill. And you'll be good to go. Your sperm will just be chilling. And they won't want to swim around in your lady friend. They tested this on the rats out of 52 attempts. 
there were zero pregnancies. And they say, yeah, they're just statistical. That's 100%. So they said that is even better than women's birth control. And you take the pill up to an hour before you have sex, and you have sex, and then three hours after you took the pill, because they study this all in mice, the sperm starts moving again. It starts wiggling around underneath the microscope. And they're like, we, we didn't permanently sterilize these mice. Like, this actually will work. You're, it basically, it turns you sterile for a couple hours. Some of them start moving after three hours. Within a day, all of them, or virtually all of them was the term they used, is moving around. They're ready to run that race. And this is awesome. I mean, they've been trying to figure out a male birth control for years because everybody knows that the condoms suck. It's better than nothing. But um, originally, I guess they were targeting testosterone. They're like, maybe if we can stop testosterone production, that will make the men less fertile. And all it, well, I shouldn't say all it did. I mean, it kind of worked, but it also made them super depressed and obese and gave them high cholesterol. So they're like, there has to be a better way, ladies and gentlemen. There has to be a better way. And they found it. Now, here's my question. I would, I would take this pill myself. I would take this. I'm running into the mice laboratory. I'm like swallowing mice just to get the medicine. I would take a male birth control pill just to be safe. But then I was wondering, what if you take this pill and your sperm's just kind of chilling, right? They're sleeping. And then the pill wears off. And then you get a girl pregnant. A girl you wanted to get pregnant. <laughs> You're like, those last three hours, I didn't love her, honey, but I love you. Let's have a baby. And the, your sperm's moving around. What would be the effects of sleepy sperm? Like sperm, like falling, taking a little nap, and then waking up, and then inseminating an egg. And I'm sure they'll test that at some point. They bring that intern back. <laughs> they, they check Jerry out of the insane asylum. Make them come back to work. I'm sure they'll test that. Like, what is the long-term ramifications? But here's my question. A mouse... Does a mouse have a soul? Does a mouse have a soul? I mean, you could argue that, you know, there's there, there's no really hard and fast answer to that question. Does a mouse have a soul? So if you gave a mouse birth control and you made his sperm fall asleep, and then they woke up a couple hours later... And then you impregnated a mouse, that baby mouse or mice, because I think they give birth to litters. I don't think it's just one. They're like, we'll name you Nick. I think there's a bunch of them coming out. They'll probably act just like regular mice. Because, you know, a mouse is a mouse, right? It's all a, a series of, what's the term when they do the same thing over and over again? And it's not personality trait. It's not a habit. That's humans. It's called, like, instinct. I wonder if, like, you go, well, that, okay, with this mouse, we, it was originally sleepy sperm, and now Nicholas the mouse is running around this cage, and he's doing mouse stuff. He's eating cheese, and running through holes, <laughs> painting holes on walls, and making cats smash into them. Normal mouse stuff. But, that mouse could be, like, totally, like, his brain could be totally messed up. Like, he's still, like, something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with his brain, but because it's a, a mouse, it's just a basic mouse, you couldn't tell. And then, you know, maybe it dies and you do an autopsy on its brain and it looks like a mouse brain. So you're like, well, this stuff is totally fine. But what happens if 
like humans are different at the end of the day i know that mice and pigs we have all these similarities as far as our brain structure and organs how our organs work and same thing with gorillas chimpanzees stuff like that primates but if humans i believe humans do have a soul would your sperm would you being basically paralyzed as a sperm and then you are a couple hours later you do successfully conceive right you're swimming around and you get up in that little egg would there be something wrong with you is my question i and i i don't think that's something we can answer it may not even be something biological so much like you could re- register that if you're like that's weird these mice that have been subjected to this medication we gave it to their daddy we gave them this medicine after a couple hours, it wore off, and then the sperm's running around again. If you could measure, you could go, this mouse is dumber than mice that dads didn't take this drug. Then, obviously, that would be a safety concern, because nobody wants a bunch of dumb kids running around. But if you can't tell, if it's something that is instinctively human, like a soul... That'd be something that you may not even know. It's just an interesting question because I thought about it and I go, you can run all sorts of trials on all sorts of animals. And unless it is a biological thing you can measure, you would never know until guys start popping these pills. And and then they, within that three hour time period, they have a bunch of sex, don't get anyone pregnant. And then tomorrow they go home and they have sex with their wife and get her pregnant. What will be up with that baby? Maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. But maybe maybe something. You know how science works? It's either something or nothing. And that's nothing we can measure until we have like a generation or two. It's interesting because I think when you're messing with the fertility process. like Because it's not like women's birth control makes it so... Actually, I don't really know how women's birth control work. I think it makes it so their eggs aren't fertile or something like that i don't know but that's different because i don't actually i don't know how it works i can't say it's different it might be the exact same thing but i'm pretty sure i don't know i don't know how it works but what i'm saying is my point is is that that's the same sperm like if she's taking this uh, medication i know it messes with her estrogen levels and it basically does something but i i don't think that <laughs> now i'm talking out of my butt I, I i don't think that it's the same if i went to sleep as a sperm and i'm chilling there for a while and then i woke up a couple hours later i'm still that same sperm floating around and i'd still be subjected to doses of that medicine and then i'm like okay woke up time to go become a human but anyways fascinating story from the world of science somewhere out there right now a scientist is holding a pill and he's going ladies and gentlemen we have it the male birth control pill you would be cool because we always see these in science fiction movies where like you have a madman scientist and they're like we have to go through all this safety regulation he's like no i hate safety i joined science to blow stuff up oh and he swallows the pill makes himself the test subject and then, then people were like, oh, we were expecting something more exciting. We thought you were going to turn into a goblin and fly around. He's like, no, it's just Bill. I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife, see if I can knock her up. Nothing super dramatic, but th- you should start human trials. You <laughs> try, try these drugs on yourself, scientists. Let us know how it goes. Get these things to market.
as quick as you can. Unless they destroy human souls and then, you know, don't. <laughs> don't, don't release those drugs that turn us all into I Am Legend monsters. Dave, go ahead and call in the world-famous Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind the scientific laboratory. Fly us all the way out to El Salvador. <laughs> Dead Rabbit Radio, the number one science podcast in El Salvador, is once again returning to El Salvador. We haven't covered a lot of stories on them. We did a story about a mule with a human face. That turned out not to be true. <laughs> that turned out to be fake. We covered it, and it probably didn't even take place in El Salvador. There was a lot of questions of where that story took place, but it was just a deformed donkey. I think we did another story in El Salvador, but this one takes the cake. This one's absolutely horrifying. We're in El Salvador. Specifically, we're in the town of Cuscatenacingo. Cuscatenacingo, El Salvador. It's February 29th, 1996. And we're about to meet a young boy. He's 17 years old, and he doesn't give his name in this report. We're going to go ahead and call him Marcus. Marcus is walking through the town of Cuscatenacingo during a blackout. Not a supernatural blackout. We've covered those before on the show, and I think that's one of my newest um, favorite uh, supernatural phenomenons to investigate. But just an ordinary blackout. The grid's gone down. It's 10 p.m. at night, so it's very, very dark. And Marcus is walking home when all of a sudden there is a bright blue flash behind him. It's bright enough that it illuminates the landscape in front of him. And his first instinct is, it's the police. Marcus begins to turn around to see what they want. At this point, Marcus's senses are kind of overwhelmed. It takes him a couple seconds to put together exactly what's happened. He's in this white room. Or the more appropriate term might be a white space or a white void. There's no walls. There's no furniture. There's no light fixtures. It's just unending white. Then, Marcus realizes that he isn't standing in this white space. He's actually laying down on a bed that he can't see. It's just part of the void. And then, he realizes that he can't move. He does seem to kind of have movement control over his eyes. He can move his eyes from side to side and... Probably a little bit of his neck, because he does start to look around this room, but definitely, like, he can't get up and run. He's, at the very least, paralyzed from the neck down, if not more. He sees protruding out of his own chest cables reaching up into nothingness. He said on his right arm, attached to his right arm, was what he would call an IV machine. I was unclear on what that would actually be. If that was actually like it. Because I know of like an IV bag, and that's like on a dolly. But he said it was attached to his right arm. It was an IV machine. But he's 
paralyzed on this table. He has this stuff attached to him, and he begins to see other figures moving around this space. He describes them as humanoids. Not necessarily gray aliens. They probably do look more like humans, more like traditional humans. He sees these humanoids. He says they were all around five foot five, wearing white tunics with a strange emblem or insignia on the right side of the chest. I said they weren't gray aliens. They weren't, they definitely weren't humans either because they have some alien characteristics. He said that they all had very large heads and very large eyes as well. And in the middle of their forehead, there was a third eyeball protruding from the skull. Even in the world of aliens, right? This is all particularly weird. The traditional races, greys, reptilians, insectoids, even those tend to kind of fit certain parameters. This a humanoid race with these type of bizarre features. A very interesting look, and he's he's a little less interested. He's a little more terrified at this point. These beings are kind of moving around this void. They also had goatees, which again, facial hair on aliens is super rare. Super rare. We've come across them, but they're it's incredibly rare. They had little goatees. But again, he's not worried about that. He's not like, oh, this is fascinating. He's terrified. He's paralyzed. There's stuff coming out of his chest. Little aliens with goatees. That's the least of his worries. He notices other humans in this void as well. And in a other particularly bizarre observation, Marcus said, I couldn't tell how many of them were prisoners. Which makes you think some of them are there voluntarily. Some of them just seem to be walking around. Nothing sticking out of their chest. They weren't particularly scared. Just seemed to be walking around, milling about. But he knew for a fact that some of them were prisoners. Because of what he saw happen. He said he was able to look at somebody on another table similar to his. And actually, it's interesting. At this point, I'm wondering if now he can start to perceive the reality. It's, it doesn't specifically say that the white voids disappeared and now he realizes he's in a artificially constructed UFO or anything like that. But the terminology is becoming more concrete the more the story goes. Very, very fascinating stuff, right? He sees this woman sitting on a table similar to his. And the reason why he believes she's also a prisoner is because these aliens are slicing her in half. Right at the waist, they're cutting her in two. And he watches them. He watches these aliens pull this woman apart and now they have two halves of her and they carry this top half of this woman from the waist up. They carry her to where there is an alien female 
Same thing. Big head, big eyes, three of them. The female alien who's laying down on this other table has like a hunchback, has like a big hump on her back. She's just laying there on her stomach. And Marcus watches the aliens pull the human woman in half from the waist up. And now they're carrying this half of a woman over to the prone female alien lying on her stomach. And as Marcus is watching in what could only be described as pure horror, they attach the human woman's torso to the alien's hunchback. They are now fused into one living being. They don't say that the woman was alive during this. Um, Generally, when you cut people in half... They are not alive anymore, right? You don't need a scientist to tell you that. But with alien technology, and also because it's way spookier, right? If you cut a person in half and they died and then you sewed them to the back of an alien, I mean, that sucks for their family. But it's not necessarily scary. (laughs) I'm all on board as the aliens are cutting me out with the laser saws. Like, I'm going to die anyway, so I don't care. But imagine if you were cut in half... And then you were kept alive. And then sewn onto the back of an alien. You're like, Jason, they're both awful. <laughs> both getting, both ways I'm being cut in half by an alien. Yeah, but I think it would be worse if you woke up and you're attached to the back of an alien. I mean, there's no way we can win this argument. It'll never happen to either of us. <laughs> One day I show up on the podcast. I was like, hey, guys, a bit of an update. I was wrong. It's actually not that bad to be attached to the back of an alien while you're still alive. But for spookiness sake, I'm imagining the woman is like, no, don't put me up there. Don't put me up there. Don't put me there. And then gets attached to this alien woman. But he didn't say say any of that. He didn't say she was begging for her life or anything. I just think it's scarier. Anyways, You have this human woman attached to the back of this alien. Like this alien woman had this huge hunch on her. And the human woman is like fused into the hunch. Fused into the hump, I think is actually the correct term. And another interesting shift. We do see this stuff happen in UFO encounters where things don't necessarily like make sense time-wise. Because as you'll learn, a lot of this was he had a piece together over a couple days. The next thing he remembers is being told by the aliens. They start to give him a little bit of backstory. They said, our race is in a state of war right now. We can no longer reproduce in the, quote, original normal manner. The aliens also told him, we have a bunch of eggs that we use to reproduce. We have a bunch of eggs stored in Ilopango Lake. The next thing Marcus remembers is falling. But really, he didn't remember any of that. He didn't remember any of it at all. He remembers walking through town on February 29th, trying to make his way home. The next thing he knows, there's a bunch of police officers all around him 
20 miles away from where he was just two days ago. He'd have been missing for two days. He was 20 miles away at Ilopango Lake. He was standing on the shores of a lake when he was found by the authorities. And they were like, where have you been? Dude, you've been gone for two days. Everyone is freaking out. And he did not remember where he was at. It was only under interrogation where he remembered what had happened. Now, it's interesting. They don't, the word that, this, this story was originally covered by Dr. Luis E. Lopez in something called The Y Files. I actually tried looking for what The Y Files was. I'm assuming it's like a book or a magazine, maybe even a television show. When I tried looking for this, I almost got kicked out of the coffee shop that I was in because Dr. Luis Lopez is also a plastic surgeon on Instagram whose profile page includes a bunch of naked women. I guess he does like pubic surgery or something like that. So thanks a lot, Instagram. Almost got kicked out. If the wrong customer is walking by, I would have been. Um, I wasn't able to find any more information on Dr. Luis E. Lopez or the Y Files. I'm assuming it was a book, a magazine, or a television show around that time. He's the guy who reported this story. It's interesting because a lot of the words he uses, he puts in quotation marks. And a lot of the words are definitely like when we talk about... He says, in some sort of quote-unquote bed. He uses terms like that. In a completely white quote-unquote space. So I wonder how many, uh, like, obviously Marcus, when he when the police found him, he was very confused and disoriented. It took him a while to remember. When they say interrogation, that's not in quotes. I don't know if it's that the police interrogated him and they were beating him up and he had to give him a quick story. I don't know if the police were just really trying to figure out where he was at and he slowly was remembering it. There's no mention here. I got it from thinkaboutadocs.com, which, which is one of my favorite websites. It's all UFO alien encounters. Uh, there's no mention on here of like um, hypnosis or, uh, you know, regression therapy or anything like that. I think he probably was. The cops probably were grilling him and it forced him to remember. Not physically forced him, but it just forced him to remember what had happened. Uh, that night or multiple nights was he walking along the shore for two days or did they drop him up because they found him at 6 30 in the morning he originally disappeared at 10 p.m february 29th leap year and then he is found two days later at 6 30 in the morning so it's possible that that is they dropped him off right before that it's possible that he was wandering around the lake for that long. We don't know. We do know, though, that one thing that he's noticed... Remember, these are the only details he remembered. After the encounter, he noticed that he had strange scars on his body. Several strange scars on his body. So we don't know if that was just from the tubes in his chest. There's no detail up to where the scars were. But this is what's interesting. Well, obviously, everything's interesting about this story, but it's possible that they performed way more experiments on him than they would let him remember or that he even really wanted to admit. Because this alien mission seemed to be all about reproduction. In the sense that they were telling him where the eggs were, which was weird, you probably shouldn't let 
you probably shouldn't let a native species, you probably shouldn't let humans know that you're breeding in their lakes. But I, 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 I figure the reason why they would is because the, the way I read it was this. They can't reproduce that way anymore. Like they used to have a certain reproduction cycle and they can't do that. So they're using humans to now reproduce. So I'm wondering, let's put our conspiracy caps on to wrap this up. I'm wondering when you cut, this is going to get, this is going to get pretty disgusting here. Could you cut, like he said he saw the woman cut in half. He would refer to the top half as her upper torso, that type of thing. I'm wondering if you could cut off a woman's legs and then maintain her uterus and all that and then attach that to a back of an alien. And now the human woman's uterus is now part of the female alien's hump and they're reproducing that way. Like the woman is just laying eggs. The human woman is now laying. <laughs> and maybe they speed it up. So it's not like once a month, this human woman is putting human eggs, right? For lack of a better term. I know there is a better term for it. But anyways, um... Maybe they took the human woman and they took the top half of her because they needed to keep her alive. And she is now part of the alien's reproduction cycle. That's what I'm talking about. Now, obviously, if you cut a woman in half, you're getting rid of the reproductive part. Now, maybe they wanted to create a super warrior. Maybe in their war, the alien women just are running around with human women on top of them shooting lasers. I don't know. It's probably less disgusting than my theory. But... The, the reproduction thing would make more sense, right? If you're going to chop someone on in half and attach them to an alien, you're like, no, Jason, that doesn't make any sense at all. The reason why I'm going this direction, because they specifically mentioned reproduction, I'm wondering if you could take the legs off of a woman, but keep everything. I mean, if they, alien technology, you could do anything, right? But I mean, you would figure that if you're having trouble reproducing as an alien, just use a human's reproductive cycle. And if you keep the woman alive, for a couple of years, you're having like a baby a month. Like, I don't know. I don't know alien biology. I barely know. <laughs> I barely know human biology. But that's what I'm wondering. I, I And I, that's also why I was thinking that the human female was still alive. The woman was still alive when she was attached to the back of the alien woman. It's a creepy story, nonetheless. <laughs> whether or not the woman lived or died, whether or not to this day she's still laying eggs for the empress. It's terrifying either way and you have to wonder what else they did to marcus like that's the thing we he only remembers some of it he was gone for days so they could have done horrific things to him they could have chopped him in half and then put him back together for all we know the amount of alien technology that's out there is astounding and the fact like even this race seems to be more advanced than the standard grays which tend to fly around in vehicles that can be picked up on radar you can see them with your eyes they have dimensions to them you can go inside there's all these control panels these guys operated in a void these guys had complete mastery over dimensions and it's 
pretty interesting to note that even at that level of technology, they're in a state of war. So you have to wonder, who are they fighting against? It would have to be an alien race that had an equal level of technology. And at that point, we would just be ants watching two nations go to war. Like, the, just the, the technology, what he saw, it, you, can't, you can barely put it into words. And this was their, uh, this was their doctor's office. This wasn't even the highest level of tech they have. This is where people are kind of milling about with goatees, wearing little tunics. And who are the other humans walking around? Clones? Government officials in on it? Both? It's a terrifying story that we'll never have so many answers to. But there is one thing that we can check. What is at the bottom of that lake. Was this just a 17-year-old's delusion? Was it a lie he told so he wouldn't get into trouble of what he was really up to? Or was a young man actually kidnapped by aliens and taken to a place that defies explanation where he was told that a huge war is going on between two immensely powerful forces? Did he watch a woman get sawed in half so she would become part of the alien reproductive cycle? All those questions can be answered. Whether or not Marcus is telling the truth can be answered with a deep dive into that lake. But in the search for those answers, we better pray that we don't Awaken whatever's down there. Because out of all the alien races humans have encountered, we are definitely no match for this one. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one.